Hannah and Kate, and today we have a special guest from my past, uh, my nerd camp roommate, and we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, Kate, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I got to go outside with Liam to the park today, and it is a gorgeous day in San Francisco, which is a nice change of pace and good to breathe some fresh air here in quarantine, so no complaints there. Nice. How about you, Anna? I've been cleaning all day, so that's pretty lame, but I had a very exciting nerd night last night, and uh, altogether, it was a pretty good week. I mean, quarantine life is just what it is. We're making big plans to go camping next weekend, so like really get to be friends with nature, hopefully. The campsite's <laughs> open. Probably good that you're going camping now, as opposed to all those people who went camping like just as the pandemic was starting and then came back from isolation and were like, what has happened to the world since <laughs> I've been gone? <laughs> Well, to be honest, it's actually our anniversary next week, and we had planned to go to Hot Springs, Arkansas, to the National Park, and then it's just Hot Springs is a cute little town, but obviously Airbnb canceled that, and then, I mean, we can't go anywhere else, so... But we like camping anyway, so we're going camping. Uh, Mulligan doesn't know yet, because he doesn't really like camping as much. (laughs) He (laughs) He once got stuck... In the tent, I'm using the word stuck very loosely here. I mean, he's a basset hound and he has little six inch legs, but there's that little lip at the edge of the tent and he got his front paws out and then he was like, "Ugh, I can't get out. <laughs> it was just, I, I, oh, I came close to wetting my pants. I was laughing so hard at this. <laughs> like he just kept like picking up his back paws, but he couldn't clear the thing. And he was just like, I can't get out, guys. Oh, man. Uh, Brenda, how are you doing in quarantine? I am living the dream. The introvert dream? Yeah. (laughs) A very virtual, surreal dream. (laughs) No, it's not too bad. I mean, I tend to be in optimism. So working from home is nice. I can, you know, wear my slippers around. I still get up and shower and get dressed and normal routine and then my commute has improved greatly so i'm digging that (laughs) i also read somewhere that socks are the new shoes so oh all right good to know i do have a really (laughs) great collection of socks i just my feet prefer to be free so this is great for me a couple weeks ago i said to ricardo i was like how are your feet so soft and he was like i wear shoes (laughs) (laughs) i think that was I was just like, maybe you should put things on your feet and they wouldn't be calloused and disgusting. (laughs) It was quite entertaining. But yeah, so I'm not getting into socks or shoes in this this quarantine life, you know? I'm not here for that. What if Ricardo bought you socks that had his face on them? Would you wear them then? Or at least for your anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... This this feels like suspending logic in like seven directions right now. Um, I but I guess if Ricardo bought me socks with his face on them for our anniversary, I would wear them at least once out of obligation. I'm only asking. Ben got me socks with his face on them for Christmas. Oh, so this is from personal. Oh, one hundred percent. I actually saw these socks in real life, and they're amazing. <laughs> because I actually said, wait. Do those socks have Ben's face you on did. them? You did. Do they say anything or it's just Nope, it's face? just a floating head on a light blue background. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't really know there was a market for that out there. Like sock companies are like, hey, send us a picture of your face and we'll put it on a sock. Yeah, I didn't either. And lo and behold, he found it. Well, and also what I think is funny, I mean, I've only met Ben briefly, but, you know, buying your wife socks with your face on them doesn't really feel like a thing that Ben would do, too. So I, I think that was the other question mark in my head was like, I don't, this doesn't seem like your jam. I don't know. <laughs> it did surprise me, but I loved it. So <laughs> I mean, I loved it, too. The first joke out of my <laughs> mouth was, wow, now I can walk all over your face. <laughs> He did not appreciate that. (laughs) So today, we're going to talk about putting yourself out there and experiencing new things with new people and just sort of the art of friendship in general a little bit. So we've asked Brenda here because Brenda and I as I said, met at NerdCamp 20 years ago, and I'll let Brenda describe NerdCamp for you here in a moment, but then didn't see each other in real life again until January when Brenda and her husband came on a group trip with my friends to go to Savannah with Anna, as I was calling it. And so I wanted to talk about those experiences and what it's like to reconnect with someone and just, you know, I, I admire the bravery of that because most people who come on my group trips at least know me very well. But for all intents and purposes, I mean, Brenda knew me of 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we've all changed a little bit in 20 years. And so I just, I admire that bravery. And so I want to talk through some of the like feelings, emotions, thoughts, etc. Because... You know, in this virtual world, I think there's still some anxiety surrounding meeting new people, having different experiences, putting yourself out there. And I just want to talk through some of those pieces. So, Brenda, first, do you want to tell us about yourself beyond the fact that you went to nerd camp with me 20 years ago? (laughs) Sure. What's to know? So I'm 36, uh, creative director at an IT company. Uh, My husband and I have renovated a 1950s Cape Cod. So this background will probably kind of give you an idea of how random I am. Like, faces on socks. (laughs) 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 So we've renovated a house. We've, in the process of renovating a couple of cars and restoring those, we usually have between two and six projects going on from tiling a shower to putting in a patio (laughs) um you're also the first female president of the fly fishing association of pennsylvania or so i don't know tell us what the the thing is that was mildly close but i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) yes i am the first president of the tulpahawken chapter of a trout unlimited uh, charter so That just means in the 45 years it's been around, there hasn't been a woman in charge. So I don't think it's a big deal, but I know Ben made a very big deal about it. Um, I think it's totally badass. So, you know. Thanks. I will take a badass badge for that. (laughs) You should. I've still been, I have friends... That we said probably six years ago that we should make adulting badges that are like, you know, 
I set up a retirement fund and like I filed my taxes on time and like I bought a house or, you know, I talked to my mom this week or whatever the thing was. <laughs> and you should get badges just like when you were in Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or, you know, whatever. And so we've been saying that for some time. Then some people made some like semi ripoffs of that. But yeah, I think there should be adulting badges and for sure you would win the badass badge for this. I'm going to have to make my own. I do want to understand a little bit more about what happens at nerd camp. Well, what happens at nerd camp stays at nerd camp. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> this is like band camp? <laughs> no. Because I went to drama camp, so. <laughs> that, that, it was very dramatic. That sounds epically terrible. I don't, like, oh my God. I don't know. It was really fun. I went for like three years in a row. Yeah, but that just so. feels like. I mean, I worked at a boarding school for a little bit with all girls, and like it just feels like that on repeat, you know? Well, and it was always like, this person stole my sweater! This person stole my boyfriend! I don't know. Like, there there was a lot of things that I just, like, could not <laughs> relate to. I was kissing to. by the lake last night! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Brenda, tell us uh, your definition of nerd camp, and I will interject liberally. Okay, so nerd camp was one week at pitt bradford campus with a whole bunch of other people was it from across the state or just like a regional area i think it was a regional area okay so a regional area and you applied to take part in some sort of educational category for an entire week and i chose science i believe and i chose forensic science Mm -hmm. So I studied the JFK assassination for an entire week at nerd camp. My roommate was studying something like nursing sciences related, which she's actually a nurse now. So good on her. Yeah, follow through. (laughs) (laughs) I can see you've become a forensic scientist, Anna. Yeah, and Brenda obviously (laughs) became a scientist. So yeah, we learned about genetics all week, which was really cool. But I didn't like it's not like I could do anything with that. I'm really shocked that I didn't try and do genetics because, like, for a while in high school, I wanted to be a genetic counselor. So that seems shocking that I hadn't decided to do that. But whatever. I mean, whatever. So, yeah. So we went to different high schools, but in a similar region. But, yeah, we went and hung out with other people who were nerdy enough to sign up for camp. I don't know how competitive it was, but you had to get accepted to camp. Yeah, you had to write an essay, I think, and get a couple of reference letters. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anyone else who applied, so I can't tell you that like whether anyone got denied <laughs> or not. Got rejected. <laughs> but it was, although I think we got to do it for free once yeah. we got accepted. Oh, that's nice. But yeah, I learned a lot about the JFK assassination, which is ironic now that I live in Dallas, and so I've you know driven by that site hundreds of times at this point. Um, and every time I do that, I'm like, we're in Dealey Plaza, and like right here is where, and like. Every single time. And I'm generally only with like the same set of three to five humans who are like, right, I already know. You've already told me. Like, This seems like a good topic for nerd night, Anna. Oh, the JFK assassination? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I already have so many other topics, too. I and mean, this is really becoming very hard. But I should put that, yeah. I want to do the history of Pez dispensers and, of course, rocks. And then, I mean, pawpaw trees are up there. And I mean, there's just a lot going on. I haven't talked about <laughs> all the things. So anyway, okay, back on track. So we went to nerd camp 20 years ago. We hung out. Back then, obviously, there wasn't Facebook, but we had all of our emails. 
I think we emailed a little bit after that summer, but then we really sort of reconnected, I think, over Facebook much later in life. Sounds about right. Like when one day I was like, hmm, I wonder if Brenda's out on Facebook. Boop, boop, boop. And then I found her. Then we've had like a couple touch points over the course of our lives prior to Savannah, mm-hmm. where like Brenda's a very gifted graphic designer, and so she donated some time for an auction for a charity that I was working with. And I don't know. We, you know, we've connected over a couple other things here mm-hmm. and there occasionally. But then, as I'm always making group trips, I decided, you know, to go to Savannah with do Savannah with Anna seven years later than I originally wanted to do it. And of course, invited everyone I knew. And then all of a sudden, one day I logged into my Facebook and it was like, Brenda, going. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. So, uh, Brenda, tell us what was happening on your end in the lead up to deciding to come to Savannah with Anna and bring Ben. Well, I mean, with a name like Savannah, like with Anna, how can you not go? I feel like you should have had really (laughs) badass t-shirts and (laughs) Mm. next time. That was a serious missed opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Savannah was kind of on our, well, it was on my list. And at the time, our local airport was promoting flights to Savannah for a hundred bucks. So I was like, okay, you know, no brainer. So I asked Ben, I was like, hey, I know this girl from when I was in high school. We went to nerd camp. She does these trips with these random people that she knows. And do you want to go? (laughs) Usually. (laughs) And he kind of looked at me weird. And he's like, sure. He's like, do we have a plan? I was like, no, we'll, you know, we'll wing it. Just like we did when we went to Thailand for two weeks. We basically just wong it. And I think he was a little more hesitant than I was because he didn't know anybody. And I was like, well, I haven't seen Anna in 20 years. So it's kind of like I don't really know her, but what the hell, you know? I said, she's a good person. You know, usually good people hang out with other good people. And we got very lucky. So we had a great time. (laughs) (laughs) So from the point that you decided to come until you actually showed up, tell us about, and and maybe you're just more courageous than other people, but like, tell us about um, the thoughts that happened as we were like planning. And then like, I don't know, at least for me, the week before, I'm like, oh my gosh, everything is crazy. And then I get there and I'm like, oh, okay, this is fine. I mean, there really wasn't much between the time that we decided that we were going to go and then when like the time came that we actually left. I think the communication between the group was great. Uh, I probably should have done a better job of keeping up on things. (laughs) (laughs) Most important question, were you following the Google Doc? I was trying very, very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Google Doc is, like, sacred Oh yeah, <laughs> on the group trip. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Kate knows because Kate and I um, well, have been on many domestic trips together, but also took on South Africa and Tanzania together. Yeah. Okay. So there was, there was an important breakdown where people were not reading the Google Doc about per person or <laughs> per couple. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You, you got to put all the info in the Google Doc. Otherwise, it's not very useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real. And everyone has to read it. 
I was trying to stay on top of it. And then there were like a couple different threads going on. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> but <laughs> it all worked out. <laughs> I didn't tell Ben any of that part. <laughs> <laughs> And so then, who were the first people... You met up with Jeff and I first, yeah? Yeah, okay. So Jeff and I had come in a day early and then worked from the hotel room, and then we met with them at a South African sandwich spot. So super fun. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, Jeff is another mutual friend of ours who has gone on, I would say, almost all of your group trips, Anna. Is that right? I think all of them, yeah. So he's... Show off. He's pretty jazzed about the group trip idea and loves to travel. So for him, I think this is kind of old hat. But each trip, Anna, how many would you people would you say come that are new per trip roughly? I feel like each time there's sort of like 20 to 30% of people that haven't come on another trip. Savannah was actually very high because there were 11 of us total and... There were five people who had never come on a group trip before. So that was like actually like closer to 50%. Yeah, so it's usually a nice mix of people who've done it before and similar to Brenda, other people who are like, hey, I want to go to this particular location. This works out with my schedule. I'll give it a try. Yeah. So we met up, which was funny because I was still getting my sandwich and Brenda and Ben were just sitting there eating their sandwiches. And then Jeff was at a table like right next to them eating his sandwich. And I came out and I was like, hey, guys, great news. Um. Wait, so let me be clear, though. Jeff, who normally would be napping, wasn't napping. He was actually eating the sandwich. He was eating the sandwich. Yes, he was. He was actively. He had just been working. And then we left the hotel to get lunch. And uh, so, you know, he was, like, for sure upright and, like, not napping. You're right. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, and then we met up with everyone else that night. And I'm sure we played ridiculous games and drank some. And We got pizza. Oh, we did get pizza from that little But, yeah, we did go to the ghost brewery. Ghost distillery. Ghost coast. Ghost coast. I think we were all kind of drunk. I was very drunk. I mean, very drunk is strong. I was... For sure, not sober. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't like on the verge of blacking out, but I was not sober. So So I just want to say that, well, obviously on group trips, drinking alcohol definitely makes it fun. You do not have to. And I know this because I went on this trip to Africa and I was pregnant, so I could not drink and I still had an amazing time. So if you don't drink, you can still have fun on the group trips. (laughs) That's true. I actually don't drink that much in the grand scheme of things. Like that was actually that. And then one night I had a couple glasses of wine at dinner but other than that on the weekend i did not do any other drinking which is sort of my mo Mm -hmm. and anna you usually do like some sort of icebreaker activity right at the beginning of the trips oh yes do you remember the icebreaker brenda no (laughs) it was super memorable (laughs) there was you gotta work on that anna (laughs) do you remember the dinner when we were at crocodile whatever crocodile eddies or who knows what that thing was called alligator Um, soul (laughs) Alligator soul, right. <laughs> Crocodile Eddie's So much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and everyone had to... Um... I mean, we just kind of went around the table and talked a little bit and how, how we knew you and favorite place. Oh, favorite place in the US, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, but then we went on some adventures and 
Ben and Brenda were brave enough to leave us their rental car to allow us to return it Mm -hmm. and trusted us to not crash it or do ridiculous things. But just for the record, Anna, you're a really good driver, so I would trust you with my car more than I would trust myself with my car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Brenda didn't know that yet, so she had no knowledge of my actual driving abilities, and we were like, well, but we really want to go to the cemetery, so can we just return this car later? They are like, yeah, okay, sure. (laughs) So, Brenda, do you feel like... When you got there, obviously you knew Anna, but nobody else. Do you feel like there was just sort of an easy level of comfort with people or did it take a while to start to feel comfortable around everybody or were there particular activities that you all did that you thought made the trip easier? I mean, Ben and I are pretty social people, so we do like meeting new people and connecting people in the same way that Anna does. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what made the trip maybe a little bit easier, but I wasn't always like that. So that was something that I kind of had to overcome and say, well, if I really want to do this, I just have to stick my neck out a little. And if somebody says no or, you know, yells at me or something, it's like, well, all right, that's their loss and not mine. And I'll try the next time. So I think even if we hadn't met up with Anna and Jeff initially, Uh, Had we gone to the house, it might have been a little awkward, but you always find something to connect with people with no matter what, like whether it's food or, you know, TV or you got a cool t-shirt. There's always like some small thing that you can strike up a a conversation with. Or you have socks with your husband's face on them. Yeah, anything. I mean, in those cases, too, you've just traveled, so you've just been to, like, you know, one of those smallest airports in America, in Savannah, so I'm sure there's, like, funny stories about that, because when we just kept walking and trying to find the rental car area, I was like, how is this airport this big? Like, there's about three gates, but we've now walked close to what feels like a full mile to get to this place, and I'm very confused about what sort of weird life is going on. But right, I mean, you can talk about those sorts of things, you know, where people are from, because people were from all over, and then you have interesting lives to connect with there. But yeah, I mean, actually, since you are a person who has overcome that, and you were sort of talking a little bit about the things you did, do you remember when that switch flipped for you to be like, okay, I just have to do this? I have a feeling it was pretty young in life. I don't know if maybe it was... When we moved to Pennsylvania when I was like six, but it was just, we had a, a neighbor who shared a driveway and they had a little uh, kid too, and he wasn't very social, but I was just going to go over there every day, knock on the door and see if he wanted to come out and play, because I didn't want to play with my brother or my sisters. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he was my age, and I'm sure that I annoyed him, but um Yeah. Has this ever ended epically for you, like in a in a terrible way of putting yourself out there and then being completely rejected? <laughs> yeah. Well, to make I it mean... sound as harsh as possible. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we're, we're really going to convince people to do this. This is great. Yeah. 
Well, but I mean, I would argue, I don't think it's ever, I think we build it up in our minds to be that way. I don't think it's ever that bad because I went through a period when I had just moved to San Francisco. I mean, I'm generally extroverted with people I'm friends with, but meeting new people is very hard for me. And I went through this period where I just, anytime anyone invited me to anything, I would just go just to try to meet people. And there were definitely a lot of times where, I mean, nobody was like outwardly mean, but I would definitely leave there and feel like that person's probably not going to call me later. (laughs) You know, like, I don't think we're going to be besties after (laughs) that. And so I feel like that's kind of the worst of it is like, maybe you just don't have a lot in common with somebody and that's the, you know, that one conversation is all you'll have with them. Well, and I, you know, sometime we'll have to talk to my friend Danielle. Danielle and I met via a mutual friend and I immediately was like, oh my gosh, I need to be friends with Danielle. And so, you know, I started inviting her to things and doing whatever. And she did not say yes to any of my invitations for like six months. And after like the second or third, I was like, okay, well, clearly I thought this girl was rad and she doesn't think I'm that exciting. (laughs) So like, okay, nothing to see here. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to keep inviting someone is my view of that. I mean, I think there are some people that maybe get annoyed with repeat invitations to things that they're not interested in, but... I would prefer to just rather annoy them than to not include them. Because uh, you also have, you know, folks, sometimes once folks have kids, you know, they just like want to be invited to things, even though they can't come to things. They want to still be, they still want to know that they're thought about, right? So. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't take me off the list. <laughs> right. And, you know, and sometimes like just weird things would work out where like, oh, yeah, your parents are in town. So like you can come to this thing or, you know, whatever. Or you move, you know, move mountains to to try to literally get to the mountain as it was with me coming to Glacier and my amazing husband watching our toddler for a whole long weekend so that I could go have some quality alone time in the wilderness slash hang out with my friends. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, I just kept inviting her. And then finally, after like six months, she came to something and then you know again we had like a great time and so I've made fun of her about it later but she was like well there was just a lot going on with me and whatever else and it wasn't that I didn't want to hang out with you it just the timing wasn't right so I was reading it as a rejection but that wasn't fair (laughs) so I just want to throw that out there too right and now Danielle is one of my very best friends and actually she was one of the people who organized Savannah with Anna so I think that's a good thing to keep in mind, too, is that it's not a rejection that's usually like something else going on, or I want to go, but I can't. I don't know. I think for me, though, and I think, Anna, you probably feel the same, it's the lack of any kind of response that you get inside your head a lot. You just make up your own story of why is this person not responding at all or seeming interested at all, even when it might be something where they literally are just busy or they don't want to go to that location, but they are genuinely interested in spending more time with you. It just didn't, you know, jive for this particular experience. And so I think that can be hard sometimes because not everybody communicates that level of like, this is why I'm not coming or why I'm not responding. And so you're left to kind of guess, well, should I keep inviting this person? Are they interested or not? Yeah. Yeah. Anna, it's not you. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. For the last 20 years, it's just been you and not me. So... Um, well, I had a friend once I remember she was like very candid with me. She's like, yeah, when I first met you, I thought you were a total bitch. I, I had like, a friend oh, like that. Okay. 
<laughs> but it's like, you know, because sometimes you just get the wrong read on somebody, but it doesn't mean that there isn't potential friendship fodder there. It's just you have to kind of dig a little deeper to find it, which is why I also love the concept of the group trip. And obviously, like, there's tons of other ways to meet new people, but the fun thing about that is it's taking everybody out of their comfort zone and putting them in a new location together and it's kind of like your own little survivor (laughs) trip you know it's like okay you're all in this place that presumably most of you don't know a lot about and you have to figure out how to work together how to have a good time how to have new experiences together and it can really bring out the best in people little bit about virtual get-togethers since that is the sign of the times right now because I actually was super delighted to do some introductions virtually for some folks because I mean everyone's at home that's cool and so you know for example in San Francisco and Kate you saw this email right I have a whole bunch of friends in San Francisco that I think should be friends with each other because I like them and they're (laughs) all in the same city And so I was like, hey, dudes in San Francisco, let's have a hangout and you can like meet other people. And no one responded. Which I I get to some extent, but you got nothing else going on right now. And why not meet people that are right near you? I don't know. It's always hard for me to play the empathy card in those spaces because I always just like, you know, every time you meet someone new, you never know how they're going to influence your life into, you know, like maybe they know this person that knows this person that does this thing that like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, or they're, they're, they're your future realtor or, you know, whatever. So I got excited about that. And then also I tried to do that for central Pennsylvania too. Cause one day on one of my groups, there was like, I'm in central Pennsylvania. Me too. Me too. And I was like, Oh, I should get like all these cool people that are in central Pennsylvania, which is obviously a hotbed for me, um, together. And like literally two people responded and they already knew each other. So I was like, well, okay. So I, I think that anxiety still exists even in a virtual life. And I don't think I do a good job of acknowledging that. So I just wanted to put that out there. Did you ever ask the people that you invited like why they didn't respond or what their feelings were? Like, how can I connect you people? Like, <laughs> Right. How can... Which, you know, which is interesting because I've tried to connect people through email before and they're like, well, but I don't... If we're not in the same space and we can't meet up with each other, then like, why? Right? And... I'm like, uh, because you have similar life experiences and there are telephones? I don't know. Um, so. <laughs> I really do think because I am included in the people that didn't respond for the Bay Area one. And I mean, most of that was just because I feel like with this toddler right now, I I can't, I don't have like a predictable schedule really. Like, as you know, when I come to the nerd nights, I'm like in and out every five minutes dealing with some chaos that's happening in the other room. But even beyond that, I did feel a little bit of anxiety with the idea of attempting to meet new people through Zoom. I don't know why that is. For me, I think there's some element of there's an organic quality to just like meeting people and hanging out with them at a group activity in person that is lost when you're doing the virtual. And I don't know how to get that quality back. But I think for me, that was what was holding me back is feeling Mm. like... 
am I really going to be able, unless it was like, let's say we were all playing a game together or something, you know, that's more interactive. If it's just like all of us like awkwardly with our faces on the screen being like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I like walks on the beach and, you know, puppies. Um, (laughs) I felt like it just wasn't (laughs) necessarily going to make me feel super connected to them. So that was my take on it, at least. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, I think there's also a lot of Zoom fatigue and just general, like, screen fatigue happening for folks, too. Um, I don't look at people's faces a lot during the day, but I am on, like, hours and hours of conference calls. So for me to do something Zoom-related at night feels fairly okay, but I know there are other people who are just Zooming all day, and then they're like, I don't, even if this is going to be super interesting and we're going to talk about plowshares in Russia, then, like, I still don't want to come. So I think there's that. I, I mean, I think those struggles just continue to exist in connecting people long distance. That's why I sort of like my my friends weekends where I pop up in a different geographic location. And so then people will fly from all over to come. Sure. But I get a higher concentration of the folks that live in like a driving distance of that space. And then they're like, oh, you also live in Massachusetts? Oh, where do you live? And, you know, and I, I can connect people that way. But good points, Kate. I mean, if there was an activity to do that might feel different because folks have tuned into virtual check-in, which has no real agenda except for just like, how's life in quarantine and how is everyone doing? And, you know, are there ways that people need to be supported, etc. So... Yeah, and I think that's that is really the key is that the virtual check in is literally like there's no pressure. You can come and go as you please. You're not being asked to make friends with people. Basically, like you can if you want to. So maybe that's part of it is just the the idea that you have you feel like you have to come out of this with a new friend or something. That maybe if it it is the sort of more casual, it's just a check in with a lot of people, and some of you may happen to be have something in common. Brenda, what do you think about all this? I think it's kind of interesting. I could definitely see if there wasn't an obligation or a feeling that I like had to make a friend out of it, that there would be a lot less anxiety attached to it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the type of person where if I'm going to something new and I make a connection with something, great. But if I don't, then it's like, I still had a great time and I might do it again, but making a friend or making a connection isn't always my driving factor. Mm-hmm. It could just be to learn something new. And if I click with somebody, great. You know, like I took a welding class a couple of years ago just because I wanted to, and I made a couple of connections that way, but I've taken pottery classes and not clicked with anybody. Yeah, that's fair. Do you find that there are any particular virtual activities or get-togethers that you've been doing that have been successful? So on my mom's side of the family, she has a really big family, tons of cousins, and we all live all over the United States. And I don't necessarily know all of these people or I'm super close to these people, but I know that there are part of my family and we're all part of this big Facebook group. And the one thing that I've noticed during quarantine is it just feels like when you have some sort of face to talk to that that aloneness goes away a little bit. And Mm -hmm. knowing that 
the family that we have all over the United States, some of them are by themselves and some of them, it's just a couple. So I started kind of like a family Zoom night and I posted it on Facebook and told people, you know, you have to download an app. And some of these guys are really not technologically savvy. Um <laughs> But we've done it two weeks and we have our third one on Sunday and everybody loves it. Uh, so I get to connect with cousins that I don't really know that well. And I get to see my great aunt who's like 90, who doesn't really talk, but my second cousin just puts her in front of the screen and she <laughs> like waves and kind of laughs. <laughs> but these aren't people that I would necessarily reach out to and randomly say hey but I think about the bigger picture and say like well we all have are in this situation let's make the best of it and we can't see each other not that we'd be able to see each other on a regular basis but let's use the technology that we have and be able to connect so that's kind of my take on it do you think that that's something because something that Anna and I have talked about a lot is that there are a lot of really great ideas coming out of this self-isolation that shouldn't necessarily only exist during our stay-at-home life that should continue after this time. And it sounds to me like you've found a good way to connect with people who aren't physically near you. Do you feel like this is something that you all would continue after stay-at-home or you think it'll just fizzle out? I have a feeling that it's gonna continue. It may not continue on a weekly basis, but I can definitely mm -hmm. see people saying like, let's do this once a month, or if it's somebody's birthday or something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you have any advice or thoughts for folks um, who are maybe feeling some of the anxiety of connecting with new people during this time? Right, that like Kate was sort of outlining, or that other people have like decidedly named. Yeah, I mean, I guess you really you can't think of it something that's like gonna hurt you. Um, and I think that's might be where the stress is, where you feel like you might be rejected, or you're not gonna have something in common. It's totally worth stepping outside of that box just to see if it was worth it. I like to tell people to keep their expectations low as well. I don't know that I've ever said that on this podcast, right? But of course, if you think <laughs> that like you're going to find your new best friend and you're going to skip and hold hands and buy vacation houses next to each other or whatever the thing is, you know, it's inherently going to be a failure. But, you know, if you're just like, well, I'm going to have a good time. And whatever happens, you know, I mean, I think your your views of, of welding and pottery class are like, well, I'm going to learn something. So that's cool. And, you know, if I meet people, then also cool. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, it's not a it's not a wash, right? Like, I'm going to still at least have learned something. So I in the same ways, and I don't think that we sometimes give ourselves credit for this. But, you know, a lot of times people are good at thinking of romantic relationships as like each one is preparing you for the next one. Mm -hmm. Right? I think... Our friendships are like that, but also our interactions with people are just like that, right? And so sometimes, you know, the more you interact with people, the better you understand emotional IQ. And you, do, uh, yeah, every every experience is, is helping you be better for the next time, I think, is, the, is what I would say there. 
And I think the expectation thing is a good point, too. I mean, even with the Savannah with Anna trip, it was like, we had some things that we wanted to hit. And then it was like, if things aren't going well, then we'll just go do some other things. Like, keep expectations very low and get out of it what connects with you. Yeah, I like that. Do you have any other fun tips or tricks on keeping in touch with folks? I know you've shared with us your really cool family reunion ditty, <laughs> uh, but and it doesn't have to be just quarantine related, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this podcast is about keeping in touch with folks in general. So I don't know if this is relevant. I mean, for for virtual things, but Anna, you know that when we reconnected in Savannah, we spoke in depth about mailing things and sending people little packages and that's something that during quarantine I've tried to do at least once a week like look at my address list and pick somebody out who I haven't talked to or haven't set a card to in a while and just pull out a random card put a note in it say hey I'm thinking about you hope you're well And there's either some sort of like glitter or sticker or temporary tattoo in it just to kind of brighten their day. But I've always done that. But during quarantine, I've really like upped my game because I think it's important to make sure that we're still connecting with people, even if it's not on, you know, a virtual chat or a phone call, because sometimes people just don't have time for that. But I can still connect with those people. And it's on their time when they get their mail. And right now, getting the mail is like the highlight of my day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I like that you said that because I actually have these addressed right here. And I've just been saying, oh, sorry for listeners. Um, That's like an inch (laughs) worth of of note cards and that's actually all the note cards that I have after being an epic stationary hoarder for my whole life I've not let myself buy any new note cards for about three years and I've now come to the end of my supply uh which is a really unfortunate situation (laughs) in like right now in life but um yeah, I've, I just keep them on my dining room table. So then when I'm like eating breakfast or something, I'll just write a couple and then um, send them off. So I have also been doing that. And I've been trying to like send people books that I think would be interesting for them. For sure. We appreciate the snail mail extensively. We actually have a great uh, <laughs> a couple episodes on snail mail. So Absolutely. I actually just recently sent a card to one of our other guests, Ellie, and then she sent me a card back. (laughs) So it was awesome. It was like we're pen pals for a moment. (laughs) I just sent Ellie an amazing piece of stationery, so I can't wait for her to receive it. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks so much for coming, Brenda, and sharing your thoughts and being willing to uh, come to Savannah with me after 20 years of not knowing me. (laughs) yeah yeah do you think you'll go on another group trip 100 percent. my husband and i planned on doing the chili trip and with all of this going on we needed to take a step back and evaluate like was it smart um he spends a lot of time with his family they're a little bit older um so we need to take that into consideration and we're we were gonna go as a couple I would still like to buy my ticket and go because we do travel uh, solo from time to time. But unfortunately, no. But if there's one that's a little more local or, you know, we feel like 
you know, yeah, it's time to go check something new out and we get the itch, then 100%. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I've, this has been fun. It's just like a group trip. <laughs> Yay. We virtually group trip together. Woo. Woo. We'll have to send each other postcards. Yeah. Like, exactly. Hello from San Francisco. I'm going to have to make one for the town that I live in, I think. <laughs> but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, right? So. All right. Keep in touch. All right. Keep sounds good. Touch. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Bye.